The word Jainism comes from a Sanskrit verb meaning to conquer. It refers to the battle Jains wage against their own nature to reach the enlightenment that brings salvation. In Jain tradition, there have been 24 jinas, or conquerors, who achieved such mastery over their desires that they gained enlightenment. They became known as tirtankaras, meaning ford makers, because of their ability to lead souls across the river of rebirth to salvation on the other side. It is the last of these Tirtankaras who is usually described as the founder of Jainism. His name was Vardamana, though he was known as Mahavira, or Great Hero. Tradition tells us that he was born around 599 BCE in the Ganges Basin of eastern India, the region that also saw the birth of Siddhartha Gautama, who became the Buddha. The Mahavira had more in common with the Buddha than just geography and chronology. He, too, was a prince. He, too, was obsessed with the problem of suffering and its causes. He, too, abandoned a privileged life to seek enlightenment. And he agreed with the Buddha that desire was the cause of suffering. People are unhappy because they crave what they do not possess. But no sooner do they get what they lusted after than they crave something else. It follows that since desire is the cause of suffering, only the extinction of desire can save us. And it was how he went about extinguishing desire that showed what a radical character Mahavira was. He said that release from the wheel of rebirth could only be achieved by avoiding evil and doing good. Like the Buddha, he, too, was a lover of lists. He distilled his method into five commandments. Do not kill or harm any living thing. Do not steal. Do not lie. Do not live an unchaste or undisciplined life. Do not covet or crave anything. At first glance, there is nothing new in these rules. Many other systems offer the same list. What is distinctive about Jainism is the depth it gives to Mahavira's first commandment not to kill or harm other creatures. Ahimsa, or non-violence, is the main feature of his teaching, and he makes it absolute and universal. Only by absolute non-violence can those seeking salvation change the karma that clamps them to the wheel of rebirth. Jain monks and nuns are not to hurt or kill anything. They are not to kill animals for food. They are not to hunt or fish. Nor are they to swat the mosquito that bites them on the cheek or the bee that stings them on the neck. If they find a spider or any other unwanted insect in the house, they are not to squash it. If they don't want it around, they are to capture it carefully, making sure they do not injure it, and release it reverently outdoors. And because the very ground on which they walk is teeming with tiny living creatures, they must walk carefully to avoid harming them. To be sure their heavy tread will not crush the life beneath their feet, chains fashion a broom of soft feathers and gently sweep the path in front of them as they make their way over it. Some even wear masks over their mouths to avoid harming insects by inhaling them. Their reverence and respect for all forms of life even applies to root vegetables. They are not to be pulled from the earth and eaten. They, too, are creatures whose lives are as valuable as humans. 
So if they wouldn't eat meat, fish, or vegetables, how did Janes survive? Some of them actually chose not to. Salikana, or suicide by starvation, was the highest Jain ideal. It marked the extinction of desire in the soul and its final liberation from karma. But you only have to think about it for a moment to realize that suicide was unlikely to become a universal practice, even among Jains. Religions all have different levels of intensity, from the red heat of the zealot to the occasional observance of the lukewarm. Jainism, though one of the hottest religions in history, also had different temperature levels among its practitioners. Most of them didn't starve themselves to death, but what they did was extreme enough. They survived on fruit.